This is exactly right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Scott, are you ready for this one? Ooh. <laughs> I am ready to laugh it. Laugh and laugh. Was... <laughs> <laughs> we all are. Was modern art really a CIA psyop? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm glad we're going so highbrow right off the bat. Right I did off not the bat. see that coming at all. I had to go highbrow because I'm going to bring it so low right after. Oh, good. Let's get dirty. All right. Well, this is going to be a masterpiece. We are at Auto Bar in the greatest city in America, Baltimore, for Bananas Live. gonna die on you yes <laughs> that's a huge honor that's huge yeah guys gals non-binary pals welcome to banana live in baltimore maryland that right there is my favorite comedian and best friend kurt brownoller And that's the number one screenwriter in America, my best bud, Scotty Landis. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Why not? Right now, sure. Yes, you are. I'll take it. You'll take it. In 2023, we take the compliment. Hey, look at this. So someone made this last night, okay? A crocheted banana. Pretty clean. (laughs) Pretty dirty. Pretty dirty. You could take the banana out and put it back in. Pretty dirty. Pretty dirty. Let your mind wander, then reel it back in. (laughs) Here's the rumple bowl. Um, Does anybody remember the rumple bowl? Uh, When I was dogballing rumple? We don't have to do that tonight. Don't, I don't want to dogball rumple. Yeah. Um, but you had it. It was your. Oh thing, yeah, right? yeah. We passed a dog bowl around and filled it with rumplemans, and everybody thought I was stupid because I said dog bowl this rumple. And then forty-five minutes later, thirteen people were the drunkest people in the world, <laughs> pointing and yelling "dog bowl that rumple" <laughs> at everybody. And then two of them, Bryce and Rusty, got so drunk we put them in bed together, but made them spoon, and they just took to it. These are two straight men, and they were like, "Not tonight. Tonight it's rumple." That is true. How's that, so, how's that butthole looking? How's that butthole looking? It's good. All Christine, right. we're going to keep looking at y'all. You're going to get yeah, plenty of attention. Yeah, we're going to keep checking in with you guys, all right? You are physically sitting behind us. There's that gentleman who's all the way in the corner. Yeah, you guys. We see you. We yeah, see you. We're going to order you a pizza. That is maybe not the worst seat in the house, but it's the weirdest. Yeah. It's okay. We love you guys. <laughs> Uh, all right, Scott, are you ready for this? Yeah, was modern art something? Was Fake. Mo- was modern art really a CIA psyop? We've all been wondering. 
This uh, was sent in by my brother, Walter Brownell. Oh! Nice guy. And Walter um, is in the so... Allegedly. Allegedly. We'll never know. He's in the department. Correct. And he was in a during the in the and he was good with computers. And that's probably he was in the um, and he probably still is in the Yeah, I hope so. Um, and saying that on a podcast that will be released will get him in trouble. Big time. Huge. Katie, maybe edit that out. That could have been a huge mistake. We'll just beep, but beep it. Don't cut it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beep it. Just, just keep beeping the word. Thirty-five seconds. He was in the beep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even... Honestly, we're doing that. So you're going to hear a lot of beeps that in this is episode. Such a great idea. We're doing it. We're never. You'll we never know fun. what he was in. Uh... <laughs> True. So this was by Lucy Levine, Ooh. who a lot of people say is the. She really That's is, right. though. Nice work. All right, and this was in JSTOR Daily. <laughs> oh, I read that every day. Are you kidding me? Are you? Yeah. I'm waking up. I print it out. I do, because I don't want to... It's very small type online. I want it big. Yeah. Because I want to see every article at JSTOR I, Daily. I put it in the fax in the living room. I fax it to the bedroom. I read it twice. <laughs> I love J Street. JSTOR. JSTOR Daily. I love it. I would love to, to just tap him on the shoulder and be like, it's a bad name. Bad. So bad. Uh, it's like right. J-Date, though. You're like, is it for Jewish people only? You know what it is? It's, it's, like, it's that it's from D.C. Do you know what I mean? They're just like, we love uh, acronyms, so oh. this is Jayster Daily. Okay. Mediumist Anyway, the fuck yep. D.C. Yep. Uh, in the mid-20th century, modern art and design represented the liberalism, individualism, dynamic activity, and creative risk possible in free society. Jackson Pollock's general, gestural style, for instance, Slow drew down. an effective counterpoint to Nazi. <laughs> and then Soviet oppression, uh, modernism, in fact, became a weapon of the Cold War. Both the State Department and the CIA supported exhibitions of American art all over the world. Right. The relationship between modern art and American diplomacy during World War II. Okay, so here's the deal. Okay. I just, as I'm reading this, I realize there's no way we're reading this. No. <laughs> I'm two feet away from you, and I'm miles away. Yeah. Miles away. So I will sum it up, and it'll be fun, okay? Sounds so, good. The MoMA was founded in 1929 by a Rockefeller, okay? Very cool. So then during World War II, when modernism was coming up, yes. essentially an enormous amount of people who worked at the MoMA were employed by the CIA to essentially put like American art exhibitions in countries that we were in the Cold War with. Oh, to make them like us. To, ma uh, to essentially be like, look at what we're fucking we're doing good. over here. Like, we're going to blow your mind. But we're good. Yeah, and, and we're good. Like, look at Jackson Pollock, and people yeah. are like, a country where this could exist? Where this can exist? Can you imagine? And so the C, and then also all throughout Latin America, they were doing it as well because they're like trying to destabilize governments See, in Latin America. Not cool. Uh, so it was a crazy thing. And so like the amount of money that was funneled not only just into MoMA, but also into an, an enormous amount of modernist uh, artists like Jackson Pollock was money direct from the CIA. Like just paying him for paintings and like supporting his career. That's so fun. The theory of this article is that without the CIA's financial financial support 
of modernism, it actually wouldn't have been as big a movement as it was. Yeah. Uh, because the United States government. And I should be like, those are your tax dollars. <laughs> now, but I just don't care. I, I do this story because I want to tell a story. Oh, I see. Can we turn the fans up and turn an air conditioner on? No, turn on? the heater on. <laughs> I am so hot. It's uh, warm. I am good. It is die. warm. You guys okay up there? Yeah, it's warm. Right. Yeah, as you can tell, there's a geyser. <laughs> just looking at the back of our heads. So, I when I lived in Baltimore, I lived right over here. I lived on uh, Maryland Avenue, 2731 Maryland Avenue. Yes, he did. Very close. Uh, and uh, we ran a pro Baltimore arts organization <laughs> as 19 year olds. That's fun. That's good. Uh, called F-U-D-C. <laughs> yeah. yeah! That'll show Take em. it! Yeah! And we would have punk shows in our basement, cool. which we later found out was covered in asbestos dust. Um, it's fine. And you would literally come out of the basement after a show, and your nose would be caked black. Fine. With asbestos dust. That's punk rock. I guess it was. Yeah, that is punk rock. We all have cancer. Yeah, well. Um, and, uh, and during this time, I was selling acid in sure. Baltimore. You gotta pay the rent. Gotta pay the rent. I was the one person selling acid at Johns Hopkins University. <laughs> yeah, not a school for, you know, the not coolest party animals. Not a lot of acid at Johns yeah, Hopkins, yeah. except for us. And so one, I, I got $100, and I was like, here's the plan. Oh. I, there used to be this night... It was a rave night, because it was rave. It was literally, the word rave is dumb now, but then it was a rave, and it was called Rise, and it was every Sunday night, and it would start at like 11 p.m. on Sunday, and it would go to like 10 a.m. on Monday morning. And so I went down there. I, at the time, I only dressed in military fatigues. Cool. <laughs> this is your drug dealer. This is... I made a lot of... That's what I'm saying. Like, at 20 years old, I didn't understand human relationships. I was busy wearing military fatigues. Yes, sir. And so I'm dressed in military fatigues, and I have a, I have a real pure distaste mm. in a very 19-year-old way for mm. electronic music. Uh, and so when I go down to Rise, and I'm just like, oh, I hate these. You know, it's just like you have, like, a lot of, like, dumb opinions when you're a child. Of course. And I was just like, oh, these people are terrible. And I come in, and it's, like, the most, um, the craziest party I've ever been to. And it's Sunday night, and everyone is on drugs. And I walk in, and I'm like, my plan is to literally walk into this rave and just sure. be like, who has, who has a sheet of acid? And say it enough. Until I buy a sheet of acid. Okay. And I've never bought a sheet of acid Smart in my entire plan. life. 19 years old. I look like this. Actually, I'm sorry. I don't look like this because I had just shaved my head except for this front part, which then I molded into just two horns. Yeah. It's a good look. Like a coxcomb and then horns. Ladies. Sorry, I, he's married. Sorry. Sorry. Ding, 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 ding. On the market. Uh, you missed your window, dummies. <laughs> And I would wear um, blue blocker sunglasses. <laughs> so big horns, blue blocker sunglasses, Hot. military fatigues, walking in, just saying to people, do you have a sheet of acid? <laughs> like if there's ever, like maybe not a cop, but still suspicious. 6'4". Six, 6'4", four. Six, four, and sweating, and... 
The th- <laughs> this is what, the third person I asked within four minutes. He's like, "Yeah, here you go," and just sold me a sheet of acid. <laughs> I was there for a, a, a max of ten minutes at this yeah, place. Yeah, fun though. So we leave. We like so results. I have this sheet of acid. I'm selling acid, which means that we're just doing a lot of acid. Okay. And and there is there used to be a club called Memory Lane. Oh, yeah. yeah. Back in the day, uh, it was in Pigtown, and it was in Pigtown. I don't know what Pigtown's like then, now. Is it still called Pigtown, or did they... Okay, 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 okay. okay. (laughs) So funny that it's called Pigtown. Yeah, they didn't change that. That's shocking. Pigtown. And we, so we decided to go see this band, Unsane. Uh, And they are, they're like the hardest band I've ever, to this day, like that I've ever heard in my entire life. And we take, um, uh, so the, the acid had come un, unlabeled, so it wasn't lined. That's, yeah, that's not safe. So then we had to measure it out, and we knew that it was supposed to be 100 hits, but then I think I measured it by like eight by nine or something. Um, and so each hit was more than one hit, and we all took two. Smart. And so then... Smart. Johns Hopkins. And then we Smart. get down, we Smart. take a cab and get off at Staples in Pigtown, and then start walking around. And then Kurt. don't realize that we're gonna, like, cause we get there early because we're just like nerds. And we don't, I don't realize that like Pigtown is just, at that time it was just slaughterhouses and, uh, and then junkyards and then places where trucks were parked. Cool. And so we're on a large amount of acid just walking around going like, so this is the world, you know, like, <laughs> this is where we are, just slaughterhouse, like looking, in, looking in, in, in like the window of places and there's pictures of just pigs being slaughtered and we're just like, okay, all right. <laughs> oh my God. And so then finally the memory lane opens and we go inside and we're not 21 yet, so we're not drinking, we're just on acid. Yeah. And then the- yeah, we're not doing anything illegal. We don't need a fake ID. We're just eating sheets of acid. And then the first band was this band, Meat Jack. Yeah. And cool. at the time, what this band was, I've never heard of them before, and I've, and I've seen them twice since, but they, it was three actual film projectors uh-huh. all running together at the same time, projecting images onto the stage. Okay. They had sheets behind them, and then all the lights were turned off, and just projected on them was scenes of carnage oh, and good. horror. Good. Like nuclear bombs going off, oh, my and God. then ants eating dead faces. Cool. That's and fun. And then there was one spotlight on the lead singer's face, <laughs> who was a bald man, and it was just a tight spotlight. And it was the heaviest music I'd ever heard. And he would roll his eyes back in his head and go, And we watched Meat Jack for 45 minutes <laughs> as, like, the acid was peaking. Oh, my. And then all of us were just like, what, what, what is art? Like, what are we... <laughs> do we think this is art? And, that's, and then my friend Mac looked at me and he was like, it, they're just monkeys beating on things. <laughs> Oh boy! And I didn't realize that that was like a real break for Hank at that moment. Um, and then we watched Unsane, and Unsane were great. And then the show ends, and we exit, and I'm like, "All right, let's go home. We're all like ready to go home." Yeah, and, I bet. Uh, and 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 Hank just goes, 
and just takes off. And now it's Smart. it's winter time. It's very cold. Great. And now we're chasing Hank through Pigtown. Yes. And he's just walking and he's talking to me. He's just talking crazy. He's like, I am Dante, and you are, you know, I was like, all right, we're in college, so we're like reading the Inferno. Yeah, smart. And he's like yelling about it. We go, and it's probably like an hour and a half. He's stripped off most of his clothes. He's shirtless. I'm I'm on the ground. This is after like an hour and a half. I'm on the ground. I'm on my knees, and I'm looking up, and I'm going, Hank, please come back to the car. Please come back to the car. And he goes, I cannot go to the car, Kurt, because we are going to hell. (laughs) But he was pointing behind him, Uh and he was just pointing at a Hertz rental sign. (laughs) It is hell. And I was like, you're not going to hell, Hank. You're going to Hertz. (laughs) And he turned, and he looked, and he was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then he just let me lead him back to the car. Yeah, he's a good friend. And put him in the car and drive him home. But he slowly realized that the world had not ended. Does he work at Hertz? No, he's, uh. al- he's also in the State Department. Okay. Your tax dollars. There it is. Thank you. <laughs> My God. It's incredible you graduated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you feel like you were a renegade on campus? Were they book smart kids and you guys were the troublemakers or was everybody kind of up to no good? We were also nerds, though. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, we were like rock nerds who are into drugs. That's but cool. in a very nerdy way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. pretty unoffensive. Yeah. Just in your own world of hell. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of... All right. No, my good buddy is a Marylander. Norman Parker texted this to me. He went to McDonough. Anybody go there? One? It's like a college for high school. It's pretty incredible. (laughs) Cool sports fields. After vaping destroyed his lungs, doctors use an unusual treatment. Double D breast implants. Wow. Wow is right. Time out. Vaping can destroy your lungs? I say prove it. Um, It was everywhere. But I actually, gosh, I'll have to figure out even where I got this from. So... Davy Bauer's lung infection was too life-threatening for a standard transplant. Sad. If doctors replaced his lungs with healthy ones right away, Bauer wouldn't survive. So yeah, don't vape tonight is what we're saying. In April, shortly after catching the flu, Bauer had developed a lung infection that was resistant to antibiotics. The 34-year-old, a baby, a new-to-the-world child. The 34-year-old Missouri resident had a history of smoking cigarettes and had vaped for nine years. For nine years. All right. We can do it tonight. Yeah. Last night. Tonight's the last night. Tonight's the last night. Throw it away and get another. Bauer was transferred to Northwestern Medicine in Chicago. Surgeons removed his lungs, gave him ECMO, kept him alive while they cleared the infection from his bloodstream. Mm -hmm. There was still one problem, though, Kurt. What? Without lungs to uh-huh. physically support it, his heart would move around or fall deeper into his chest cavity. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out it's all there for a reason. You ever, like, feel something and then you go, oh, yeah, it's over here, too? That's a good feeling. Yeah. You're like, that's fine. Um, oh, yeah, I got a weird bump. In you're like, oh, this is really, this is, is the end. You're like, no, it's fine. Oh, it's over it's here, right. too. I have two of them. It, or it's the double end. Yeah, it's double bad. <laughs> Once we took the lungs out, we realized now we had to support the heart, Bauer surgeon Dr. Ankit Bharat said. He's the chief of thoracic surgery at Northwestern Medicine. 
We were looking for the biggest things we could find in there to fill his chest cavity. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, the solution they determined was a pair of double D breasts. Oh, wait. They put them inside his chest. Correct. Whoa. The photos. Titties on the inside. Yes, titties on the inside. If we were doing, if this wasn't Bananas Live in Brooke, uh, Baltimore, it would be titties on the inside. <laughs> The procedure is the first time ever breast implants have been used for a double lung transplant. I mean, it's genius. This yeah. is genius. Yeah. Quote, I didn't know much of it until after the fact, but I thought it was awesome and kind of funny, Bauer said. He's got a good sense of humor. Good. And he's also, the photo of him, you can't see him. They're not out there. Yeah. They're not bedonkers. They're inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where they he belong. Knows, he knows they're there. He knows. He can feel them. With the implants keeping his heart in place, Bauer was able to clear the infection. Two days after his lungs were removed, doctors took out the implants and successfully put in a healthy donor, a healthy oh donor lungs. Oh, my God. It's incredible they can do this. Yeah. Like, science fiction is becoming yeah. real. It's, it's fascinating. <laughs> Bauer was discharged from the hospital in September and is now being monitored by his transplant team. That sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. Those, you want to hang out with them? They're tracking you. Yep. Uh, he is expected to make a full recovery, which we love. Quote, this is what Bauer says, I feel so blessed. It's incredible. I got a second chance at life. Yeah. But I wish he had said, and big old titties. But he didn't. <laughs> but he didn't. Yeah. He missed, he missed an opportunity. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, it's a, yeah. All right. Speaking of, you know, body parts being where they're not supposed to be. Oh. <laughs> who I'm here, interested. Who here went to Franklin High School? I see Brett up there. Hey, dude. Long time. Um, What's up, Brett? So I was a freshman, probably with some of y'all who yelled. I can't see you. But uh, my sister was two years older. She was a junior. She had a soccer game. <laughs> and a ton of fans. Uh, she had a soccer game and tons of fans. It sucked for me. No. Uh, but she had a soccer game. I was a freshman. I had hurt my knee, so I wasn't doing much, and I was getting sick. And you know, like when you're an adult now and you start getting any symptom, you're like, this is what it's going to be. This is how many days it's going to knock me out. This is what I need. But when you're 14, you're like, I don't know. Yeah. So she had a soccer game, and my mom comes to watch her, and I was getting sick. I was like, okay, here it comes. It's, you know, three in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And my mom's like, take a day, quill, sleep in the car. I'm going to watch the game. We'll go home after. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. That's good diagnosis. So I get in this car, and I, like, crack the window, and I fold the seat back, and I'm on DayQuil, and I'm just, I'm, I'm getting sick. Like, I'm fever dreaming. It's that thing where your eyes are closed, and you can see the orange and the pink through your eyelids, and then you're, like, lucid dreaming into another level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're, you're also on DayQuil, which has, like, like ephedrine in it. <laughs> I know. It was awesome. <laughs> um, I did have the keys. So I'm just lying in the parking lot at Franklin. Just, you know, triage. I was in triage. And I hear, you know, sports going on around. You hear whistles, you hear cheering, you yeah. hear claps. And then all of a sudden I hear, like, wooing and screaming. Like, woo! And I'm, like, just in a weird, lucid state. I'm like, what is happening? And I'm just lying there. And about 45 seconds later, I hear the sound of, like, feet running across the asphalt. And I'm like, what the hell? And it's like, you're getting carjacked. And I look out the window to my right, and there's just a naked man standing next to the car. <laughs> at 3.15 in the afternoon uh -huh. this point. 
So school's out. School's out. Right. Sports are happening. I'm in the parking lot in a Volvo station wagon, tripping my head off, looking out the window at a man's anatomy. And he has a T-shirt over his face, so I can't see his face. <laughs> so I'm like, and he can't see me because my chairs recline. So I'm like looking up at it in a way where I'm like, so this is life. Get used to it. You're a man now, Scotty. And so he ducks down and puts on the T-shirt and stands up. And everybody, I bet a bunch of people here know who I'm talking about, but it, he, he had streaked the soccer game. He okay. had run across the girls' soccer game fully nude, uh -huh. run through the baseball diamonds up in the parking lot, and just of all the cars in the parking lot, just, just hit next to that one. decided to stop. I was just a lucky devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, this is a high school student? This was a high school okay. student. Also, when his shirt came down, I realized it was a neighbor of mine. Somebody <laughs> I, I saw often. Some might say daily. Um, what would you say his name is? Well, I'm going to hold back on that. All right. <laughs> he's, I mean, people know. He's, it's, uh, people in this audience know. And so he gets changed, runs away, car pulls up, shitty car. Like, you know, crappy car pulls up. He jumps in, it peels away, and everybody laughs. My mom comes back. She's like, well, they won. And somebody streaked the field. And I was like, oh, really? Who could that have been? <laughs> so, you know, I go, I'm sick through the weekend, go back to school Monday, see this dude, yeah. my neighbor, old friend. So he gets away with it. Nobody, get, well, nobody catches him. I th everybody knew who it was, but the T-shirt over the head was brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah, John Dillinger level of brilliance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I see him in the hallway on Monday. I'm feeling better. And I yeah. walk up to him like, What's up, man? Why did you do that? He goes, why did I do what? I go, why did you? Like, you streaked the field, right? He goes, who told you that? I go, dude, I saw you. You were next to my mom's car. He goes, seriously? Does anybody else know? No, I don't think so. Why did you do it? He goes, bag of weed. <laughs> <laughs> All of it just for a bag of weed. All of that effort ran, oh, I would say, 500 yards nude in public for one. That's how hard weed used to be. To I get. mean, in in high school, come that to Los is Angeles. A, that is a light price for a bag of weed in it high school. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah, now in LA, you just like walk into a store. You're like, oh, this is a dispensary. They're, they're like, uh, this is your first time here. Take yeah, it, it, take it. Yeah, they're like, what do you need? What do you need? I'm like, I don't know what my symptoms are. You it's tell like, me. It's like I don't smoke weed. I don't like it. There's one in Kurtzman. Shove it in your mouth. You take it. You take it. It's good for you. Yeah, it's yes, good sir. Drinking. Yes, sir. There's one in Kurtz neighborhood now in LA. Brand Dude. new. Describe Brand it. Comp it to another business. I would say, okay, so we don't, in my neighborhood, it's all very small stores that are very unassuming. Charming. This is a half a block long. Correct. All glass. Yes. Floor to ceiling glass. Yes. Stash dash. Stash dash. <laughs> it's an Apple store. And it looks like an Apple store. It totally looks like an Apple More store. More weed than you've ever seen in your life. But all of it is actually made up to look like a confectioner's store. Mm, and isn't that my fun? neighborhood is only children. So it's just true. a candy store of drugs with just children walking by it, floor to ceiling windows, and they can just look in at all the brightly colored candy. And then a man with a submachine gun at the door. Correct. You got to protect that bag of weed. Because it's an all-cash business. Because they can't put money in banks. Very interesting. Hey, did you know anybody? 
you were telling me a story about a guy that used to show up to your house every day in Baltimore. Speaking oh, of yeah, yeah, bakeries. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, I lived across the street from uh, Cornbread and Skeeter. And yeah. uh, Cornbread two and guys. Skeeter, two guys, yeah. would come to us every single day um, and sell us a new thing. That's what you want. Um, and, and they would sell us TVs for $5 every, like every other day. It's and a good price. It's a good price. And so in our living room, we had like 15 TVs. Yeah. And a lot of them, like some the sound didn't work, some the image didn't work, but the sound worked. Some were black and white, some were color. Yeah. And we would just turn all of them on. Yeah. And then just like watch one episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> and then turn all of them off. Yeah, boy. Uh, and then I remember one day, Cornbread, Cornbread came over and he just had a baby bassinet. And he's like, five bucks. And I'm like... We're 19-year-old boys. Yeah, we're not with anybody. Do you think we need this baby bassinet right now? Yeah. And he's just like, come on. And I was like, I'm not going to buy the baby bassinet. <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah. that was Pretty special times. It was wonderful. Um, do you all remember when Kurt talked about the Baltimore burrito? Oh, good. It was at this 7-Eleven right over here. Right I got here. To go. I went to it today. I just went to it earlier. Yeah, he like it was like going back. It was like I going back. back home. And that that 7-Eleven is exactly the same. They have not changed a single thing. Ninety since robberies later. Ninety-five. Yep, same business. The only difference is, is every time I would go, it used to be across the street from a methadone clinic. So then everyone would come and drink their methadone in front of 7-Eleven, and then just leave the empty methadone container. Cool. on top of the trash can. Great. So it was just covered with like orange juice methadone containers. Yeah, Charm um, City. And so... <laughs> it's a charm it's very city. charming. Very charming. So, uh, so ha my friend Hank, the same one, Hank, invented this, uh, the Baltimore burrito that he mm. called. So we, you go and you buy a bag of Uts. They were a dollar. And then uh, they have a rule. Uts. He would say this as if it was like a secret. What? Uts. Uts? Uts. I'm, I'm from Jersey. I say Uts. We know. It's Uts. No ifs, ands, or buts. It's got to be Uts. So by... No ifs. No ifs, and and boots. It's got to be boots. Uts. Honestly, so, better shirt. Better shirt. Better shirt. No ifs, and and boots. No ifs, ands, or boots. It's got to be Uts. So, oh yeah, you, he would say it like it was a secret. He'd be like, "If you buy anything at Seven Eleven, they have to let you use the chili and cheese." Boom, and free, free. And so we would buy, we would buy potato chips. I'm yep. not gonna try and say them uh, for a dollar, salt and pepper, and then go, and then you would just fill the bag. Yeah, with chili and cheese. Yes. And then shake it up, mm. and then just squeeze it into your mouth, mm. like the, like some sort of disgusting charcuterie mm. toothpaste. And then I see some mouths watering. Yeah, some mouths watering. And then to make it even worse, yes, sir, is that that would always happen at like four or five in the morning. Correct. And then someone would come in and be like, "Well, I don't want to throw this away." So I'll put it in the fridge. Yeah. Spend all that money. And it would be all twisted up. And then it would, it would congeal and harden. So bad. And then you, you remember could now. peel the bag off and slice it into chips. 
And then the next day we would just have like these. And if, like guys, this is exactly like if you've ever, if you've ever had like a, what's the thing that they shove down the goose's throat? Oh, like a feeding tube for goose liver pate? Pate. Yeah, pate. pate. It's like pate. It's pate. Guys, we're talking about pate. It's a cheap, it's a dollar dollar pate. Grow up. Your pate is just, it's like, it's got a lot of birds hurting. This is delightful. Grow up. It's pate. pate. Seven hours a day, 11 days a week. It's pate. (laughs) Baltimore burrito. You're going to eat it tonight. I'm, I'm looking at some sickos. Yeah. Uh, should we bring out our guest? I would love yeah! nothing more. We have a beautiful guest. Uh, she is an old friend of mine. She is a Baltimore legend. Uh, she runs the Stoop Tori- Storytelling Show here Stoop in Baltimore. Tour, yeah. uh, she's absolutely hilarious. Please put your hands together for the wonderful, the fantastic Jessica Miles Hankins. Yes. It is a microphone. Welcome. This is Charlie Fromage. And you're so lucky that happens to you every time. (laughs) You're so lucky. It is very funny that you became friends with me during that time. I, so I, so this is astounding. So I'm I'm like, I, my memories of you are definitely the following. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so I was, um, I was, uh, I was indoctrinated into Kurt's life through being the um, at the t- so this will um, be important later. Okay. But I come from like the nicest white trash, but like <laughs> white trash, and so I didn't understand college or college life or any sure, of that. So, sure, 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 um, But but I did well with men in my twenties. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> must be nice. In, must uh, be nice. And, like starting at eight, 19. Like when I was like, oh, this is a weapon. Like, uh, <laughs> and so. That's anyway, right. That's right. I constantly was dating men yeah. that knew you. That I knew. you were in a long term relationship mm-hmm. with someone who I loved but was yeah. an intimidating force. She's yes. now a New York Times, like, Reporter. fucking badass. Yeah. True. Um, this is true. But anyway. This is what I remember about Kurt. Okay, okay. Oh, my God. Oh. Height. I'm number tall. One, height. Okay. You're so tall. 6'4". Your hair was always terrible. <laughs> I mean, it was always terrible. <laughs> it was always and terrible. And always made the wrong choices. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> if there was, like, two choices, I would always choose the wrong one. And that's because of Jersey. Yeah. You, you don't, it's yeah. not your it's fault. It's not my it's fault. It's not your fault. It's just Jersey. He grew into his hair, though. He looks nice now. Oh, he looks so good. I don't yes. like this my hair. This is a different version of you. When different When I saw guy. you tonight, so I haven't seen you in many, many, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. many years. Yeah. Uh, Since I last played here, which was probably, like, eight years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, Kurt, you know, Lauren's done a good job of, like, shaping you up. So, Lauren's his current True. wife. Uh, and, and, current and, wife? And, and, <laughs> she is still his wife. 
It's still current. <laughs> it's first. I mean, it is true that life. she's the life, current life. wife. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Anyway, Today. I was like, she's done a good job in L.A., and all of that stuff has shaped you into... Um, but the, oh, so the third thing, the third oh, thing that third you remember thing. about you. Height hair. Four things. There are four things. Okay. This is the great. The third thing is that you um, were always angry, but like in an, a confusing, uh, misdirected way. <laughs> I'm like, who is he angry at and why? This is exactly the same as today. <laughs> I think I fought an ex-boyfriend you of yours did. in, in, he, my, in he, my backyard. You did. Cool. And we just kind of fell over and he fell on a broken pipe glass. And you know what? Glass. He works for the fucking <laughs> <laughs> He's a recruiter. He's a recruiter. He's a scab. Everyone who touches me joins the yeah. Wait a second, am I in this? <laughs> well, it's yeah, up right now. Um, <laughs> the fourth thing that I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with is that yeah. you did a version of and this sounds so pretentious. I wanna just remind everyone, I'm from white trash. <laughs> so like give me lots of indulgent. White but trash like Maryland. But, well, Maryland, but it's like I'm the white like like it's still white. Trash. Dark at the roots. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, point is. Dundalk. No, look at her. No. It's Annapolis, but Annapolis had white trash too. <laughs> yeah, there we do. You just wait until I tell my story. Yeah, she was like Sparrow's Point. We've been like, hell yeah. Patapsico. Yeesh. Jesus. Uh, town name. Kurt. When you did, Kurt did at Johns Hopkins a version of Samuel Beckett's. I'm, no, fuck oh, off. It was so beautiful. Thank you. No exit. Like this play, this exit, like this. No, no, endgame, endgame. Oh, what yeah, was, it was endgame. endgame? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, and you got the, like the Hopkins like jock to be the other star. Yeah, yeah, Do you yeah, remember yeah. that? Yes. It was like a re, it was like a play on your end. Yeah. Cool. Like to to have this guy. He was a good actor. He was really and he was good. jacked. He was huge. He was so attractive. And he just wa- and he was very attractive. Yeah, and he walked around yeah. just like a. Uh, uh, uh. But it was like your weird doppelganger because he was also a gin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was. Whoa. And they were in trash cans. Oh, well, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. Anyway, no, he was a character in life. That's a long life. way to say that Kurt has always been a creative genius. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Well, thank you, but I disagree. Uh, I agree. Thank you. I appreciate that. And your hair is so much better than it was when we met. I don't like my hair now. I feel like I just look like a bang. Yeah, but you're you're nutty. It's a great disguise. It's a good disguise. The coolest artists are the one that look like boring bankers and they do their thing and you're like, oh my God, I didn't know. <laughs> That's what I think. Like you. Yes. I do look like a banker. I know. I'm like, I'm still at Wachovia though. I'm the last guy at Wachovia. <laughs> they flipped them all to Wells Fargo's. I'm like, not this branch. <laughs> I work the tube, I put the pretzel rods in, they end up dust. That's what I do. Scott, are you going to do some shout-outs? Oh, sure. We got shout-outs. And then can oh, yeah. somebody can bring our confessions, confessions box? And uh, if anybody happens to confessions bring up some are so far. Tito's and soda, nobody's going to be mad. <laughs> yeah, two Tito's and sodas. You yeah. okay? 
I'm very good. Uh, I, I will say that the bartender tonight is amazing, and it's just one person, right? Tip yeah. too much. Tip, tip, tip. tip if you have a job, tip. Kelsey Babick wants to wish happy birthday to Bananamo Veronica. Are y'all here? There we go. They both live in Baltimore in this past year for their birthday. It says my birthday. So I guess this is Kelsey's birthday. They spent a day playing tourist banana style. They drove around Baltimore City and County, hitting up all the key places we mentioned on the show, including Johns Hopkins, John Waters House, the National Aquarium in Harbor, Scotty's Old Bike Shop. Was it Race Pace? Oh. Or Bike Doctor? Well, still weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, it's beautiful. And Sacred Heart Church, where I went to school. My parents were married there. And Santoni's. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's good. Santoni's good. So thank you. Happy birthday. Wait, so you're more Glendon. I'm Reisterstown, but Glendon, but sure. Glendon Pool. Yeah, Glendon Pool. Yeah. There, do, you, do you remember there was a woman that was super tan there? <laughs> like a uh, lifeguard? Or, oh, no, no, no. Oh, I remember. Miss yeah. Mellon? She, I'm telling you. Her she, name was Miss Mellon? Right? Mom, are you out there? Wasn't there Miss Mellon? It was a thing. She just tanned nonstop. It was her. I know exactly I, what you're talking <laughs> about. And good for her. She lived, to, she lived to, either she was 45 and looked 95, or she lived to 95. A <laughs> lot of sun, but yeah, I think it was Miss Mellon. Uh, and then um, also, Kelsey, is it your birthday today? No. It was in March? <laughs> Well, Kelsey, do you want some burger cookies? Because I brought some. Come on down if you do. And if you don't, I'll throw them to somebody else. Yeah. Oh, you, you sent a thing earlier. All right. You're getting some. Kelsey, if you want some, enjoy. Yeah, Kelsey, come on down. I mean, happy birthday. I bet you have one next year, too, probably around March. Uh, and then Michael Dozo, they're not here. His partner, Tiffany, they're Bananimals. They were supposed to be here. Hey, happy birthday, Kelsey. <laughs> Give her a happy birthday. Hey, happy birthday. Thank you for looking into my life and not killing yourself. Uh, Tiffany was supposed to be here with Michael Doza, and this is like a... So Tiffany was at a car crash this week, broke her nose, ribs, and toe, which is the most interesting one. So Michael said, can we please shout her out? So her name's Tiffany, so... How about in Tiffany's honor, on the count of three, you yell your full name in honor of Tiffany. Ready? One, two, three. Feel better, Tiffany. Thank you, Danielle. We love that, Danielle. That's all I got for shout-outs. Let's do some confe... Oh, longest banana or confessions? What do you want to do first? Okay, who came to this show tonight from the furthest away for this show? Baltimore, that's... Philly's good. Where are you from? Florida, really? Flor Florida, you're going to win, I bet. Anybody? Canadian? Where? Uh, Florida's further. Florida's further. Can L.A., really? Do we know you? All right, let's do Florida and L.A. Both of you come up. You're both longest bananas. Give them a round of applause. <laughs> What's your name? Allie. I won last year as well. Oh, my God. Yay. Give it up for Allie. 
<laughs> and Bree from Los Angeles. Up, Thank Bree. you, Bree. Thank you for being the longest bananas. Now he's collecting them. We'll see you in, when we do a show in London, I guess. We'll see you there. Thanks for coming. Okay, Bananas right, Confessions. These are real confessions from real Bananimals. I have a concussion. I am not going to work tomorrow, but I sure as hell came here. Yeah! My girlfriend hates the Bananas podcast. She's here. I'll expose her. Yeah! <laughs> wow. You know what? It's usually the reverse. Yes. It is usually the We're boyfriend. We're so sorry. Who hates the bananas You hate podcast. joy. I, um, I really like this next one because, uh, so, so, uh, so Kurt and I have like paced each other in life because I, I moved to New York. Yeah. Uh, because of you and Melina. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. What? What? You don't fucking remember that? Look, I mean, I wasn't aware of much. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Sounds so like anyway, it. I came to New York, and when I would come to New York, I would stay at Kurt Melina's apartment in Park Slope, mm -hmm. and, and then I would... It's a common theme, and I, I want to be clear. I'm married... And happily married. And happily. I, I like two teenage kids. I'm, I'm an old woman, but I lived a full life. And oh. when <laughs> right. I was living that full life, I would come and stay at your place yeah. and hook up with all your friends. With all my friends. <laughs> it was all yes. of my friends. It was delightful. Not me. All of them. <laughs> I didn't know. I was later in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. I was young. Yeah. Anyway. When All I right. got mad at my brother, I would scrub the toilet with his toothbrush. Oh. You're absolved. Just don't do it anymore. That's fine. You're when fine. I, whenever I visit my sisters, I move items to feed her paranoia that her home is haunted. <laughs> yes! That's awesome. You are definitely absolved for I that. I used to steal goldfish from pet shops and let them go in ponds. <laughs> And then, so. in parentheses, invasive species. Oh, yeah, we hate invasive species. We hate invasive species, but we admire their go-get-it. Yeah, right? go get it, guys. Get out there. We it's not your fault. Them. You're an animal. Uh, I suck at driving the ambulance, and that's how it starts. <laughs> yeah, that's a good start. I suck at driving the ambulance that's in the snow start. when it's icy. I just turn the siren on instead of trying to stop at stop signs. <laughs> Not my fault management won't buy new tires slash brakes. I have another medical. I'm a doctor. A good one, though. And that's, that makes me worried um, when you put that in parentheses. And yes, we do Google while you are talking. <laughs> you Google while we're talking. Well, I don't uh, want to expose anybody, but do you mean like symptoms? Or stuff, like dirt bikes? It's like, ah, oh, this rod's going through my neck. It's like, Kawasaki. Forgive me, banana boys, for I have been a little shitty. Okay. You're already absolved. Sometimes when I run out of milk, I steal my roommates and fill the carton with water so he doesn't notice. Well, that's on him. That's oh. also skim milk. That's fine. That's skim milk. That's fine. This is lower cholesterol. This is beautiful. Yes, I love beauty. When I was 18, yes. I failed a personality assessment for Ruby Tuesdays. <laughs> Man, that's a throwback. <laughs> First off, why is Ruby Tuesdays giving a personality assessment? Although, now I work in a funeral home, <laughs> perhaps they were on to something. That's a great one. 
I am, I am single, ready to mingle. Can my favorite banana boys help me out? Live in South Florida, love the beach, have a boat club membership, love lots of drinks, and to have good times. There's no way to identify who that is. Yep, we don't know. She might have free cookies if anybody wants to hang out after the show. If you like cookies or your blood sugar's a little low, Boy, have we got a banana for you. All right. I got my little sister to slide money under my bedroom door as a bribe to play with her, but I took the money and never opened the door. <laughs> do you think, sis, do you have sisters or brothers? Uh, I have a brother who died. Okay. <laughs> well. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. No, it's, uh, I was just going to ask, do you think sisters are harder than, on sisters than brothers are harder well, on brothers? No, I will say this. As a, a, I'm a parent of two teenagers. And yes. They, one is a, uh, like assigned female at birth. Sure. Because that's what they do these days. Yeah, these doctors and, and, and who are Googling assigned, shit. Assigned, assigned male at birth. And I will say that I think that having a female assigned female at birth as a sister... Um, allows you to be more emotionally present. I agree. Yeah, it must. It worked for Scotty. I have a sister. I bet she's here. Where she's over there. It worked for Scotty. We haven't spoken in twelve years. <laughs> she knows what she did. <laughs> uh, do we have anyone to end? I have one to end with. If we don't have one to end, yeah, let's wrap it up tight. Okay, here it is. Here we go. Do you, what's that? We have Unless that? you want well, to, I, I don't really this one. Okay. I drunkenly dropped multiple street vendor hot dogs in multiple cities, and I've eaten them anyways. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, and that's Confessions, everybody! Yes, thank you, Baltimore. I gotta say, Denver, we did this in Denver. The first, we did two shows in Denver, and the first night was so insane. Yeah. This one group brought like 20 index cards that they had written before the show. And we read so many. I was like, maybe we just need to do a podcast called Confessions yeah. because people are nuts. And Y'all did great. Denver is still the only one where someone was like, I burned my ex-boyfriend's house down. Yeah. <laughs> True crimes. Wait, was that left eye? What? Was that left eye? It was left eye. It was left eye Lopez. R.I.P. Gone she too soon. in Denver. Uh, Jeff, okay, here it is. You ready, Scotty? Oh, hit us with another sweet-ass story. You ready, Jessica? Absolutely. There we go. This was sent in by Panda on Instagram. Thank you so much. This was written, uh, this was on Oddity Central. There we go. Written by Spooky, who is the... Japanese parody religion exists only to give believers a reason to say no to things. Oh, interesting. They don't have a word for no. Is that right? No, no, no. Got him! <laughs> um... <laughs> Short for Motohiro to the people, the MTOP religion, MTOP, was M -top. created in 2018 by a young man named Motohiro Hisano, who acts as a deity sage. He does point out that he doesn't perform... Oh, yeah. He does point out that he doesn't perform miracles and has no superpowers other than that of bestowing the power of religious reasons onto his followers. In fact, that is the only purpose of MTOP, okay. as its founder does not wish to be worshipped, nor does he accept any sort of financial contributions. Although the parody religion does have its own doctrine, believers don't have to abide by strict commandments. All they have to do in order to be considered followers of MTOP okay. is follow the religion's official Twitter account. Ah, oh, piece wow. of cake. I'm signing back up. All it, right. This makes me think of. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna just jump in here. Dive yeah. in. Oh, right. good. So, uh, so I 
grew up in, sorry, in, in Annapolis. White trash <laughs> Annapolis. It's a polarizing city in What Maryland. a dump. I know that. I know that. And I went to the same Catholic school from kindergarten on. Which yeah. one? It was called St. Mary's. Ah, uh, yes, St. Mary's. Yeah, so, um, but so, but here's where I was anomalous. Uh-huh. <laughs> From uh, age 10 through age 12, I raised myself. Okay. Uh, and, and, and I did not a bad job. Um, <laughs> did a great job. Uh, yeah, great job. I, it was all right. It was all right. So my mom, uh, lovely woman, mm-hmm. uh, was... Mm-hmm. Addicted to substances. It happens. And my my brother, lovely, lovely brother, was also addicted to substances. These things happen. Like it's it's interesting. My father, who like couldn't like, because you know, white trash. (laughs) I love white trash. I love white trash. But like, sure, white trash doesn't always have tools. To like understand the world, emotional like, tools. We just—they have like, every tool. They have all uh, the tools. They have a lot of they tools. They have blow torches. Yeah, yeah. They have the tools. A lot of, a lot Band of saws. But they panic when it comes to emotional. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So my dad panicked and was like, "I'm out." So I raised myself from the ages of ten to twelve. Okay. Like solely on my. It's not sad. Everything's fine. I'm like a. a Everything's fine. Um, You're here. So I, at age 12, my father was like, hey, um, I'm going to take you back because your mom is going to go into rehab, which Uh is an awesome thing. And she's been in rehab ever since. She's like never touched another drop of alcohol. Um, She is in hospice, so like it's uh, sad, but fine. It's all fine. It's all fine. It's all fine. Everything's still fine. It's all fine. My anyway. mom's dead, so don't worry. <laughs> it's all fine. It's all fine. It's all fine. <laughs> <laughs> we need a palate cleanser. There we go. Anyway. Let's all focus on that. My dad comes in and is like, hey, you're going to come and live with me now. And the way that we're going to like move forward is um, I'm going to uh, go to Fatima. What's that? Oh, oh I know Fatima. So, you do? It's in so Portugal. Fatima is in Portugal. It's a big, he cra- was like, crazy Catholic yeah, thing. Yeah, so my dad is like, he's white trash, but he's like aspirational white trash. Yeah, he's cool. like, I'm the white trash that knows that Fatima's in fucking Portugal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so he's like, what we're going to do, Jessica, is I'm going to take you oh back. Oh, God. And I'm going to go to Fatima in uh-huh. Portugal, which is a Catholic pilgrimage site. Okay. Yeah. And I'm going to atone. Three little kids saw the Virgin Mary yeah, come down on I'm a gonna hill. I'm going to atone for my sins. Yeah. And, uh, and like see. you're going to come with me. 1400 or something. Yeah. Sounds real. No. So in 1900. 1900? So here's the funny fucking thing. My Catholic school was like, yeah, this is fine. Like you're going to take her out for three weeks and that's fine because our fucking textbook has... The vision of the Virgin Mary, Jesus' mother. Yeah. Sorry for the quotes, but like yeah. as someone who has raised Catholics, that's quotes. Um, yeah. Jesus' mother I believe it. appeared <laughs> to three shepherd children uh-huh. in 1917, 1917 and was like, hey. Pre-9-11. Guess what? <laughs> Just to keep it clear. But, told, but he did predict. They Bear did Stearns predict it. pandemic. <laughs> it's before all that. 
Mary appeared to three shepherd children and was like, hey, I've got three secrets. I'm not going to tell you what exactly they are. Well, actually, I'm going to tell you three shepherd children, but you're not to tell anyone else. So uh. that's the, the origin of Fatima. So then the shepherd children were like, they went back to their town, and they were like, yeah, absolutely. We saw the Virgin Mary. She told us these secrets, and somehow, like, 70 years later, this ended up in a Catholic history textbook. Sure. And so the Catholic school that I went to was like, yeah, go to Fatima because you need to do research on the evidence-based sighting of the Virgin Mary. Sure. With three We got to look into children. it. Like, yeah. You're yeah. 12. Yeah. So, also, these kids, brilliant. Right. <laughs> Smart my kids. Dad, <laughs> my dad takes me. We go to Portugal. It's the first time I've ever been out of the country. It's like incredibly. It's a lovely country. Oh, Portugal's fucking. It's a great country. Beautiful, yeah. It's in Europe. So it turns out. We Scotty, know. Scotty, do you know where Portugal? Is? Have you been to Portugal before? It's uh, it's in Europe, and um, it's near Spain. <laughs> Touches the ocean, a lot of sardines. It's, anyway, so it turns out when my dad gets there, he's like, "Oh, guess what." I'm still just the guy that I've always oh, been. And yes. he's like, I have found a beautiful Portuguese woman. I and see. I'm just going to spend some time with her, Jessica. No. Uh, and so me, sheesh. this like very sweet young child, uh, uh, then proceeds to spend the next three weeks in the hotel, again, raising myself. Home alone, it's too. So sad. It Home sounds too. so sad. <laughs> It was fucking amazing. Like, I went out yeah. every night with the bellhop, whose name was Sergio. I don't know why. Uh, I know why. It was not sexual yet. Okay. I, was okay. I don't like, know why. I don't I was, know why. I was, I understood boundaries. And I was like, Sergio. And then there was a woman named Liz Bull, who, uh, she was a child. Her father was also a divorcee. Men in the 80s who were divorcees were just the saddest Different. sacks of human beings. Correct. Like they, did, they just were collapsed humans. Yeah. They were just like... Except for my dad, who immediately married the next person. Oh, that's right. Your yeah. dad... He was, was a like, stud. Yeah. <laughs> the it dude had the riz. He had the riz, y'all. Anyway, the point is that um, we eventually had to go to Fatima, my father and I. Oh, to my walk father, up the hill. Who had now found a, I, I'm going to say I think she I don't know if she was a sex worker but she I think she was a woman who worked in the hotel <laughs> that he just felt like very connected with absolutely um, as and, you would if you were having sex so with them yeah in our hotel room <laughs> yeah, it okay. was me and uh, the woman I'm sorry ooh I know no I, I know. like it I'm so sorry and this is like this is the 80s, and I'm sorry. It blanket. was fun. Um, anyway, point is, final day. <laughs> also, she didn't do it. <laughs> Innocent victim. We had to go to Fatima. Yes. And Fatima, it turns out, since the 1917 like vision of Mary, had turned into this like 
Disney World of um, Of pilgrimages. Yeah. Yeah. So there were people that would just repeatedly, like, as if it were a Morpheus loop, like, like show up on knee pads, like in in contrition, like crawling up, crawling up, like. Mm. And so I'm not joking. My fucking father put on knee pads. No. And like, yeah, because he was like, like Patrick Ewing. Nobody gets that reference but me. Dallas, I but get that anybody? reference. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He did so, wear knee pads. Yeah. So that is exactly <laughs> right. So my father, whose name I'm not going to say right now, no, that's fine. Um, Patrick Ewing did exactly that. He was Patrick Ewing. <laughs> yeah, and me, I had to write a report about it for St. Mary's. And that How allowed me to... It was not well done. Yeah. But <laughs> I still got a B plus. Did you? <laughs> Did you? But you crawled up the hill on... Or just no, your dad? my father fucking crawled up the hill. <laughs> Dear I Lord. I did not crawl up the that's hill. That's got to be the craziest experience for a kid to just see that. Ex- oh, that's wild. Yeah. So my yeah. aunt... My aunt is a nun. Um... And, uh, and she is a nun of the order of Fatima. Uh, and so she's very obsessed with these, these children. Uh, and she has a different name, and she lives in a convent in Detroit. <laughs> oh, okay. And, uh, the Motor City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Motown. And I remember right, before, right when she became a nun, she was like, uh, get get. I was listening to some records, and she was like, "I'm gonna break those in half." And I was like, "Why?" She's like, "Cause the devil's on them." And I was like, "On my Pac-Man record?" And she's like, "Yeah." It was like Pac-Man fever, drive me out of my mind. Pac-Man fever, take it in time. Pac-Man fever, Pac-Man fever. I loved it so much. Yeah, that doesn't sound like the devil. That and sounds like a she, riff. She took it and she broke it in half in front of me. And then she took my Michael Jackson record and broke it in half. Well, that that's, o- that's okay. That, that's one, okay. that one we can debate later. <laughs> I, was, I came to my, my four-year-old's preschool, and they're all dancing to Thriller, and I was like, well, this is interesting. <laughs> it's still A our best. child rapist music for all the kids. Still our best. <laughs> still our best Halloween song. Scotty, give me a story. Send us home, buddy. Okay, let's get everybody on the count of three. Just yell your names, because we're going to release this. We have a lot of listeners around the world, and they need to know who you are as individuals. Personally. So on the count of three, yell your full name. One, two, three. I heard Matt, I heard Matt Bomberman. And so yeah, good, good for job. you, Matt Bomberman. Free rumple shot at the bar. Sarah Chalik sent this in. I think she sent one in at yesterday's show yeah. in Richmond, which is a very good show. This was in KTLA.com. Oh. Written by Jessica Patterson, who most people think is the... Why don't we, we do a whisper one? Yeah. We've never done a whisper yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Do okay. Again. This was in KTLA, written by Jessica Patterson, who some people think is the... <laughs> That was pretty good. Scotty. I like that. Scotty, you're brilliant. I li- you liked it too, didn't you? This is the actual headline, Jessica. Totally sloshed guy accused of falsifying bear attack. 
Yeah. This is a banana story. Yeah, this is. Sarah Chalik gets us. Thank you, Sarah. You send a lot of great stories. Shockingly, an Ohio man. What a dumbass state. Yeah. I think Indiana's the worst state. Indiana? Yeah. But I think Ohio's top five worst states. Yeah. But it's where we, where we originated flying. Oh, okay. Number one state, Ohio. I love it. I like... Worst state? North Carolina. State? North Carolina? No, they're from, they're, those motherfuckers oh, the Wright are from, from Ohio. Ohio. Oh. That's like, yeah. I do like Cleveland, and I'll, I'll put it out there. I like Cleveland. I like it, too, as one of the worst cities you can visit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's fine. We'll probably be there next year, right? Where should we go? Which one? Cleveland's great. Cleveland, okay. We can go Dunlap's Wait, where Bar. where have you not gone? The, we a lot. Ha- we haven't hit a lot of the states. Yeah. And the most of them. Most of them. We've done 10 states? Yeah, probably. We got 40 left. Tacoma. Man, they can't. T- Baltimore and Tacoma are right there at the top. Yeah. Okay, totally slosh guy accused of falsifying bear attack. That's what we're going to talk right, about. I'm in. An Ohio man uh, is charged <laughs> with falsely reporting an incident after investigators say his call to authorities to report a bear attack was just a ploy to get out of a wooded area of West Virginia. <laughs> just to get out? Yes. Of it? That's, like he wanted a ride? Well, this is, he was totally sloshed. Don't forget that. He's great totally detail. sloshed. That's okay. a good word. Yeah. Hammered, good, drunk's fine. Uh, according to criminal complaint in Kanawha County Magistrate Court, first responders were called early in the morning on Friday, September 22nd. I've heard of that. To assist a man in the woods. <laughs> you never want to be a man in the woods. That yeah. is yeah. not a descriptor you want. <laughs> Dispatcher said the man claimed he was injured and stranded along steep terrain. It happens. Dispatcher said the man cried, please help me, and that he was being attacked by a bear. <laughs> he said it when they arrived? On the phone. Oh, on the phone. Okay. The man also allegedly claimed that he had been walking for days. His phone was dying and that <laughs> bears were circling him and he was definitely going to die. <laughs> this dude, to be this drunk in the woods? Like, yeah, right. Watch alone, dude. Oh, you got to get the fat. The protein's not enough. Um, the man was later identified as Christian... What do you think that is? Leonard? Leonhart? Leonard. Leonard. Christian Leonard. Leonhart. Yeah. The man was later identified as Christian Leonhart, 47. <laughs> so he's been around. Uh, Brexville, Ohio. <laughs> According to the complaint, deputies say uh, several search, several search and rescue no, groups no. worked to locate Leonhart using emergency lights and sirens to scare away any bears. He said he was encircled by They were circling him in. He was definitely going to die. Bears, the legendary uh, pack animal. Oh, they hunt in packs. They They hunt in packs, definitely. Yeah, it's the one you see here. It's this one that gets (laughs) you. Clever bear. Um, Clever bear. Authorities say they also attempted to get in a helicopter from West Virginia State uh, State Police and other agencies to assist in the search. The criminal complaint says that while on the phone with dispatchers, 
Leon Hart allegedly continued to say that the bears were stalking him and that he had began screaming. <laughs> Man, this guy rules. Yeah. He was also allegedly claimed to have a head injury and was bleeding. Dispatchers say when they arrived to apply pressure with his shirt, oh, they said to um, apply pressure with your shirt if he was bleeding badly. According to the complaint, <laughs> this is a hell. The person who had to type this complaint was having the greatest day. They're like, yeah. what else? Uh huh. I can make a hat. I can make a coat. I'm a tender <laughs> According to the complaint, after a two hour search, Cruz found Leonhart. Once they were at his location, he allegedly denied medical treatment from fire and EMS crews, claiming he just wanted a ride out of the woods. <laughs> Survival skills. Also, you got a free package of cookies, so you actually are ahead of the game. You yeah. got free food. <laughs> you got to get the fat, though. Um, rabbits and birds aren't enough. You need the salmon. First responders said Leon Hart was not bleeding and had no visible injuries. <laughs> Deputies said Leon Hart allegedly told them he was extremely intoxicated and apologized for wasting their time, but he just needed to get out of those woods. Wow. I mean, this feels like a call the cops probably get quite a bit. Leonhart was arrested and is being charged with falsely reporting an emergency incident. Yay. Didn't know that was a crime. But he's not dead. Yeah, and there's yeah. no bears. Also, pretty cool if they show up in a helicopter and just bears circling this guy. He's just drinking. That's like a Bud Ice commercial. <laughs> All right, so speaking of slosh guys, Curdy B, I need your services. Yes. I need the name of a drunk 60-year-old man. Uh, uh, Gerald. Did you say Jerry, too? Yeah, I said Gerald, and you said Jerry. Uh, oh, is that there? It's over there. Gerald? Jerry? Jerry. Uh, Jerry? I think that's good. All right, good. Holy smokes. Ronald. I'm just kidding. That would be so mean. Um, so I was at John Waters' Christmas party in 2009. Our good friend, Carl. Carl, are you here? Maybe not. No, I think Carl's he might be there. in New York. Oh, yeah. Well, you never know with that guy. Yeah, you So don't. I got invited because Carl got invited. It wasn't me. So have you ever been to that party? I, um, no. Okay. <laughs> so he doesn't do it anymore. John has gotten too old and he doesn't do it anymore. But it was incredible. And I've talked about a couple stories on the pod before. But there is a, so I go with my buddy Carl. As soon as you walk in the door, John Waters takes a Polaroid of you. It's true. He goes, Scotty, Carl, get together. And is he's like, hi, in, I'm John. Wait, Tuscany Canterbury. Like the, his beautiful yeah. home there. Well, the one right here. Right near Hopkins. It's yeah, fucking yeah. called Tuscany Canterbury. Is it? Yeah, that is like that little enclave oh, of beauty. Diane Lane was there with a blanket over her shoulders. Yeah, and as, as is, yeah, that makes sense. She wasn't. But this house, so he takes photos, and he's like, hi, I'm John. I was like, John, you went to high school with my uncle Chris. He goes, Chris, what is it? Chris Fairley goes, oh, handsome. Handsome guy, beautiful eyes, which is very sweet. They did go to Calvert <laughs> Hall together. Any Calvert Halls? <laughs> I like the woman that yelled. She's like, yeah, Calvert Hall. Um, so I had just written on one TV show at the time. It was an MTV show. So not only Wait, was what I... show? It was called Mega Drive. Kurt Mega worked Drive. on it. It went one season. Five people watched it. Thank yep. you all for being here tonight. Scotty, can we, do you mind if I take a moment? Take a moment. Can you just talk about your most recent writing credits? Sure. I wrote the movie The Machine that came out this year. What? Yeah. 
And I, uh, what's my other most recent one, Kurt? I don't know. Well, it was a strike year, so nothing happened since no, May. Don't, like, yeah. let that go. Tell I have a Baltimore us. pilot called Ride and Dirty about a female jockey at Pimlico. Woo! Yeah. And it's that, with just, Netflix. It's with Netflix, baby. Yeah, and Kurt's going to be the announcer on it. And then I have a fun one that I can't talk about. Yeah, he, I have has to like sign eight, he has eight different things going on right now, and he I'm can't okay. talk about any of them. I do okay. But Machine is on Netflix now. So is Ma. Yeah, and so is Ma. Uh, so, uh, but I was young. I was 26-ish, 27-ish, and so I was like... Not only was I excited because I love John Waters because I'm from Baltimore, but yeah. I was like, hey, maybe I'll meet somebody that's like, hey, I make stuff. Do you want to work with me? And I'm like, cool, awesome. And John's house is very fun. It was decorated like Christmas, but then he has like fake food everywhere. And he has like a Chucky doll with a Santa hat on, but it's like Bride of Chucky. It's like blown apart. So his house <laughs> is cool. And then also they have Liechtensteins and Paul. Like he has incredible art. Whoa. It's one of the, it's great. It's exactly what you want and it to be. Isn't there like an, um, a, yeah. Like a, Electrocution chair. There is. And Chucky was in that. Yeah. And then in the attic, he has a fake pipe bomb building uh, room as if somebody was going to blow up Camden Yards. <laughs> it's fake. It's all staged to look like a crazy person was making like pipe bombs. Yeah. It's like the Unabomber. It's amazing. Thing. Okay. He also had an IBM computer that was like this big, which I'm like, this dude gets it. He's funny. <laughs> So uh, at some point, I'm like, you know, Carl and I split off. We're hanging out. And I start talking to this drunk guy who's older than me, and his name's Gerald, or Jerry. And um, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a writer, too. And I'm like, oh, yeah? He goes, I'm, I wrote a film called Well Worn. I go, what's that about? He goes, well, it's about a porn star who works at Salvation Army. <laughs> and, and when she can't get people to buy stuff, she starts sleeping with customers. I love it. And I was like, this sounds pretty good, honestly. Yeah. And she's like, he was like, I'm trying to get John to produce it. Like, I've been friends with John for 35 years. Uh -huh. And I'm like, cool, man. That sounds good. And then he just, he's drunk. And he's just like, and it's funny, because she's like having sex on the counters, and she's having sex on old furniture, and she's holding a trophy in one seat. And I'm like, okay, now I need to get out of this conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. I picked the wrong guy to network with. My networking went from like, you like my sweater? To like, oh, sweet God, Gerald. <laughs> so we're having fun. Three or four hours later, yeah. I'm just wandering the house, and he encourages you to do this. It's so, it was so awesome. I feel so blessed to have gotten to do it. So I'm upstairs, and I just walk into a brightly lit room. <laughs> it's John Waters' bedroom. And John is sitting, cross-leg style, on his bed with two of his best friends, literally exchanging wrapped presents, and, and thanking each other. These are old friends. So yeah. they, there's no gags involved. They are giving each other gifts. And I walk right in. And he's like, it's fine. It's fine. He's like, fine. So then I'm standing in the corner just silently like a boob. No. no. By myself. Oh, my God. Because you're 27. You don't know to just leave And he's a hero. And I talked to him like twice before. But he was yeah. like, it's fine. But then they're like, oh. And he's opens in. It's like a photo and a diary. And they're hugging. And oh it's like, God. oh, this means so much to me. I don't know the other two people. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I was like, you know what? This is beautiful. I'm watching this scene. I'm going to watch this play out. And then I'm just going to do that thing where you kind of do the thing at a party, even before smartphones, where you're just like, okay. And just walk up. And as I start to like build up the momentum to be like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. I'm watching a private moment. Yeah. Here comes Gerald. And Gerald storms right up to me. goes, and the other thing about well-worn is, like, he's like, full nudity the back 45 minutes. And I'm like, okay. And he's just talking to me. He's talking to me. He's talk and I'm like freaking out because they can hear me. The yeah, three yeah, people yeah, having yeah, this yeah, moment. Yeah. And, and they you were like, wait, 
did you go to Franklin High? I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> did you teach me wood shop at Franklin High? And so I'm like frozen. And John, it gets to the point where John's like, guys, you could take that outside. Which then yeah. I'm like, crest, I'm defeated. And I'm like, this is so bad. And then I hear these hard sole shoes coming down the wooden hallway, the hardwood floor towards uh-huh. the bedroom. And I'm like, okay. So I go turn to leave and I look up and it's Governor Martin O'Malley. <laughs> in a leather bomber jacket. And he comes and goes, John! And John goes, oh, your honor. And as they're hugging, I just go, okay, see you, Gerald. <laughs> so I didn't vote for O'Malley. I'm not from here, but uh, thank God for O'Malley. He got me out of the saddest moment of my entire life. I wish he'd give me the key to the city. I'd have been like, thanks, Gov. <laughs> It killed me. <laughs> it killed me. Well, so uh, one of my uh, compatriots at St. Mary's High yes. School was uh, a, an individual who was amazing named Joshua Grinnell. And we all, uh, those of us who were like of that age, who uh-huh. felt like uh, very subjugated by like the jock and like, like I don't know what the fuck, like predominant culture who we loved like the Smiths and the Cure and like Raves and all of like we were like unapologetically like anything that was countercultural yes like and and so uh, Joshua Grinnell was one of my like uh, deepest dearest friends from middle school on and Joshua is now Peaches Christ. Is that and, true? Yeah. So Peaches Christ cool. is like a well-known, like I think, entity in a, like a, a drag, <laughs> like amazing uh, individual who I got to watch, like in the same way that I watched you, Kurt. Like <laughs> I feel like transform, here, like fucking farce. Gump character, like where I'm like, I see all these men, these white men who yeah. are not bad. No, they're amazing. There's a few they're of us. Fucking incredible. Thank so, you. Joshua is now like deeply close friends with uh, John Waters and Mink Stoll. It's like, a cool click. Yeah, it's an amazing click. <laughs> I've not been able to figure out how to leverage the click, like where for my own click. And that's okay. <laughs> I don't need to. You need a good drag to, name. You need I'm a like, good drag name. <laughs> I don't know if there's anyone that wants to see drag king. No. A, 50-year-old white woman. Who the fuck wants to see More than a 50-year-old woman? Our like, audience does! All right, I'll figure it out. So that's what out. we're all going to do. <laughs> that's what we're all going to do. And I invite everyone tonight to please go to 7-Eleven. Yes. Get yourself a Baltimore burrito. We're going to be in the back uh, taking pictures, uh, and uh, there's some merch over there. Sign. If you want to sign it, we can do that as well. Let's hang out. Have some Let's drinks. Let's have a fucking amazing time. On the count of three. But before we end the show, you guys have to end it. So on we need three, you to end it. I want you to say as hard as you can. Any way you want. No, the real word, not the way I said it, okay? One, two, three. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Baltimore! Thank you. 
Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. Bananas. Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.